Spunout.ie, in partnership with the National Youth Council of Ireland and the Youth 2030 programme, is raising awareness about the UN Sustainable Development Goals. The Sustainable Development Goals set out a plan to achieve a better and more sustainable future for everyone. The SDGs recognise that we live in an interconnected, interdependent and yet unequal world. In order to leave no one behind, it is important we achieve each goal and target by 2030. Each podcast in this series explores a different sustainable development goal from a young person's perspective. The podcasts have been researched, produced and recorded by a group of passionate young Spunout.ie volunteers from all across Ireland. The podcasters focus on specific goals that they're interested in and give insights into what we can do to achieve the goals. In this podcast, Lariani Costa-Ramos focuses on goal number 12, responsible consumption and production. Together with guests Claire Garvey and Sarah Navin, Lariani explores the world of fast fashion, looking at the impact it has on the environment and workers across the globe, and how our own actions can make a big difference in changing this industry. Hi, my name is Lariani, and today we're going to talk about the Sustainable Development Goals and how they affect Ireland, Europe and the world. I'll be talking about Sustainable Development Goal number 12, which is Sustainable Consumption and Production. Today we're joined with uh, Claire Garvey and Sarah Navin. We'll be talking about how it affects the world, but we'll be focusing on what we can do as individuals to make it a better place. Fashion and fast fashion is something that we look at every day and we take part of as individuals. We promote this by the things we do online, the clothes we wear, and the things we do while we spend our money. Companies are spending more and more time paying for marketing to promote goods that we don't actually need. And in the end, we also find that we buy more goods that we don't want because it's on a whim and it costs three euros. We currently have up to 33% of our wardrobe that's untouched, unused for over 12 months. That's a radical change from 1960, where we would have goods that would last up to two years. In 1990, being able to produce goods on demand changed the system radically and products became readily available. Shops like Zara and Primark managed to revolutionize the consumerism of products and Instagram managed to get consumers to buy goods rapidly with their now functioning one-stop shop, click and purchase swipes that allow customers to buy what they see from influencers instantly. So today we're gonna to be talking to Sarah who works in the glass doll in Maynooth and how she got involved with that. Well, more it's my vintage shopping that got me involved <laughs> with it. I just, I fell in love with the store a few years ago and I would just spend all my time in there. It's not just vintage clothes, there's a craft shop and they would upcycle clothes and uh, the two owners didn't have any real online presence. You know, Maynooth is mm -hmm. small as well. It's outside Dublin, so business can be quite slow. So I came on board to help them with that. It's a kind of job especially for somebody like me thrift shopping and vintage shopping I just love it. 66% of the online traffic towards fashion last year was dedicated to buying fast fashion and buying clothes instantly and it's surprising that more and more people are still inclined to go down that route prior to going into a thrift store charity shop or vintage store. Would that surprise you? Not at all it's marketing 
you know, it's it's what they see there. People scroll through their Instagram. The influencers are constantly advertising things like Boohoo, Pretty Little Things, and they are affordable and they're at the click of a finger. Plus, I think there is um, a stigma around the whole going to a charity shop or secondhand mm. shop. People think, oh, we don't need charity. If you want to save money and you can afford to buy a dress for 10 euros online at the click of a button, you can go in and probably buy three dresses in a thrift shop. A 10 euro dress takes on average four years to produce in relation to its raw materials. And it takes on average uh, workers in locations such as Indonesia that are underpaid. And through the purchasing of these goods, we are promoting underpaid labor. We are promoting consumerism. And we don't really talk about that in Ireland. We don't talk about what it actually happens behind the scenes, behind the 10 euro dress or the $3 shirt. And in that sense, I feel that we have to have this conversation in relation to sustainability and tracing the goods from beginning to manufacturing production, as well as selling the goods overall. In Ireland, we're very good at saying shop local, buy local, Mm. you know, buy all your meats Irish. And we don't actually look at the effects of buying our clothes from countries such as Indonesia and China Mm. and what the work is like in those locations. Yeah. Many of them do still have child labor and most of those kids won't have an opportunity to go to school or get an education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these are the things we're promoting by purchasing these goods. Oh, yeah. In uh, Bangladesh, the monthly wage of a textile worker is $68 mm-hmm. a month. I know. And they would work so hard throughout the day. It's, um, it's shocking. And what people don't realize as well, if they buy in an Irish shop that sometimes in those Irish shops, they've actually bought the stuff Mm. from China or somewhere like that. And they think that they're supporting Irish made pieces, but they're actually not. Like half of these people are buying online for like five euro and selling them in shops for five times the price. It's changing the way we buy goods. And there's not a hope that a, you know, 50 cent watch on Wish is gonna last you a year, never mind a lifetime. And I think companies are, thankfully, getting back to having lifetime warranties and are promoting you actually sending goods back and repairing products. And it's really important to repair goods. Mm -hmm. And you repair your goods, right, Claire? Well, that's it. I mean, we do all sorts of things. Like we do wedding dresses. I did a wedding dress recently for a girl. Uh, She met her husband in Chile and it was made out of chili peppers. So talking about using recyclable fabrics and things like that. But we repair... People come in and we'd do a dress for them and then they might want it a different color next year and we'd change it to a different color or we'd chop it up. And we've had wedding dresses where the person has unfortunately split up from their partner mm. and we've changed that into a completely rocky kind of dress for them. And so that there's no reason why if you buy a special dress or you buy something, you can't repair it or change it or, you know, utilize it then your wedding dress for your child's communion or your child's baptism, you know. And that's the whole idea of a circular economy, you know, where you get products that you're changing, you're upcycling, downcycling, reusing all the time and creating new products that we actually need and not just products that we may feel we want. And growing up in my household, everything we had had to be a need, had to be something we wanted, but also something we needed. And that shaped the way I grew up and the things I had. I had a lot of books, but Mm. all of my books often came from charity stores and that makes them more special yeah of course exactly 
because like in 2008, I managed to get a Maeve Binchy book and it was signed by Maeve Binchy. Oh, wow. And I feel that in the end, it's important to create memories with the things you have and not just create goods that are purchased and thrown away. Well, that's it. Even the buttons on a jacket that you love that is absolutely ruined from wearing it to mm. death you can use those buttons in something else you oh, can yeah. i stick them on know. bags <laughs> yeah exactly know, yeah. or make them into necklaces or, you know there's so many you don't have to throw anything away there's so many in fact they're making clothes now out of mushrooms and pineapples and i've made clothes out of pine nuts and drying yeah. spaghetti all sorts of things you know so exactly they're currently working on creating um clothing and fabric materials out of things like scobies mm-hmm. that you make kombucha out of <laughs> and it's supposed to replace leather and there's minimal damage to the world whereas real leather as beautiful as it is takes a lot longer to produce mm. and is a lot more harmful to the world and I feel that we have to go towards fashion without having to be cruel. And cruelty-free items aren't always what they seem. No. Um, Organic cotton as well, you know, it takes at least 7,000 litres of water to produce Mm -hmm. one T-shirt. You think you're still, oh, it's got the word organic on it. That's just great marketing. (laughs) That's that's what shops do. People don't know what goes behind it. Exactly. It's it's more ignorance. If people knew what was going into something if it said in it this is sustainable or this is Mm. people would go for between the two choices they would go for the sustainable choice but they just don't know if it had up on it this will pollute this much water (laughs) yeah exactly you know know, so yeah and it's the same thing when you're talking about clothing dyes Mm -hmm. and where we are using them and not just where we use them to dye the clothing but also where that dye gets put into yeah the dye itself is harmless if it's, you know, used up correctly and thrown away correctly. But the problem is these dyes often aren't and they're released back into rivers yeah. and lakes and kill hundreds of fishes and pollute the land around it. Mm. And people don't need all this. I mean, I work in the fashion industry, but to have spring, summer, autumn, winter and new trends every single three months it's just to get people to buy more stuff your body shape doesn't change so why would you change your Mm. trends where what suits you you know fast fashion just you know throw it out there make people think oh well this is out of style i better buy something new that's going to be in trend this like the new prada bag every season you have to have a new bag made out of crocodile skin or something (laughs) i mean it's a load of rubbish yeah (laughs) And in relation to that, one of the things that we've seen grow exponentially over the last five years is peer pressure and online peer pressure, especially in the ages of 12 to 18, Mm. where young girls, especially, though not solely, feel the pressure to buy new goods all the time and they're investing in products that they can afford. So you're talking about $3 shirts and five euros. And we've become increasingly so dependent on single-use items Mm -hmm. in order to portray a lifestyle that we don't actually have. Um, And I feel that it's important to understand where that comes from and deal with it. It's unfair to say that it's irrelevant because if you're the person in school who doesn't wear those clothing or you're not wearing new clothing all the time, what's going to happen is there's going to be onset of bullying There's going to be peer pressure and segregation in the classroom. We have Mm -hmm. to get the educators on board Mm -hmm. and parents to teach the kids that that's not okay. 
and, and we also have, to teach them sustainability yeah. of, of bringing in maybe their sister's clothes and creating yeah. something unique and they're really proud of it then yeah. this is something they have that nobody else has exactly yeah. and I feel that if the kids had the confidence they wouldn't have that stigma of going into a charity shop or secondhand shop because they would come out with something amazing that no one else will have. You go buy a t-shirt mm-hmm. and pennies for three euros, everyone's going to have it around the class. You go in and buy a shirt from the 80s for two euros, you're going to stand out. You're going to be the only one who looks amazing and isn't wearing the same stuff as uh, everyone else. Yeah, and that's something that needs to be taught and yeah. also in colleges they should be promoting this there should be a lot more money from the government to look into new fabrics and look into new ways of being sustainable swap shops and everything like they cost nothing to put on there's plenty of people out there who charge a lot but like that in Maynooth and Maynooth University and new wardrobe new wardrobe every second Saturday hosts free swap shops free upcycling events all that sort of stuff and it's something that I think every university in Ireland needs to start doing people seem to have stigma around buying clothes that have charity in the title but if you call it vintage or secondhand or sustainable brand new, yeah sustainable exactly if you swap the words around people feel like they're portraying a different image yeah. once one person does it it becomes more normal people are yeah. always scared of something they don't know anything about and i know a lot of campuses around ireland are taking part in things like the swap shop but also in swapping books at the end of the academic year where you'll get somebody's fourth year books and you'll donate a first year book. And in turn, you're not only creating a more affordable lifestyle for students, but you're also creating a circular economy that allows that book to live on after you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, imagine if they did that with Deb's dresses, for example. Oh, yeah. Your final year and then the next year they had like... An exhibition of them and maybe swap them around mm. you know mm. so that people could reuse the Deb's dresses yeah. every year and um, even yeah. then you could go to somewhere and upcycle it if yeah. you wanted add something to it make it shorter or you make it your own personal dress there's also the problem with fast fashion in relation to creating goods on demand all the time we see this actively on shows such as love island where there's new outfits every night and They're being pushed on social media and everybody buys them. These clothing items are sold out before the show is even over that night. And it's becoming more and more frightening the way consumerism is developing and the fact that society is almost leapwalking through these motions. And even if a celebrity wears something twice, it's in the paper or in the news. Oh my God, they've worn it twice. Same outfit again. It's ridiculous. It takes one of these celebrities to actually start promoting this on Love Island and wearing stuff over and over and recycling things to change young people's minds, you know? Yeah. You create once-off pieces Mm -hmm. effectively. How do you work around creating goods that are going to be a one of a kind and being sustainable? Well, again, I love buying vintage or finding secondhand fabrics and mixing them with other fabrics that I have as well. And I would dye things with tea. And I mean, we did a dress for a girl in Vegas and I made the dress out of cocktail stirrers. Wow. And she, when she won the award, she was able to sip her cocktail out of her <laughs> a straw on her bodice. And in relation to working in the glass doll, do you find customers come in and they have a perception of what it will be and it's different? Or has everybody been open to what it is and how it works? 
everybody seems to be open to what it is and how it works. But again, like vintage fashion changes all the time as well, especially, you know, in times as my boss is like, oh, no, 90s is now is now vintage. We better, you know, we've only stocked stuff from 80s beforehand. Um, and I think, again, it's just the word vintage. Once you've got that word in there, people feel a lot more comfortable, but they don't realize vintage is also secondhand. You know, it's got a story behind it. It has been worn before. Sometimes you just got to be acceptance of that. See, and, that's the shock people yeah. have. They kind of go, oh my God, it's been worn before. Yeah, it is. Uh, that, as I said, that makes it more special. Yeah, I think so as well. I like to always imagine where did this shirt or dress go beforehand? Who wore it? I like to know the story behind it. It's interesting. A lot of charity stores don't have a lot of funding. No. So they can't really do online promotions and pushing notifications. But recently, a lot of people have taken to social media to create a movement where it's, um, I'm not sure if you know, but there's outfit of the day. The hashtag. So it's secondhand outfit of the day where people are promoting that usage and where they got it, what it is, and even promoting items that they find that doesn't suit them, but they think is going to be a bargain for somebody else. And it's changing the way people buy because people are becoming more interested because they'll go, oh, I love that. That's gorgeous. I'd love to get that. And I find that kind of the middle generation ourselves are the ones who are more accepting mm-hmm. to it, are the ones who are posting about it online and everything. Mm-hmm. But the younger kids in school, my son especially, um, at first he would be kind of embarrassed. And that's how it started off. I was a single mother. I couldn't afford all the new school uniforms. The PE jumper alone was 30 to 40 euros. It was ridiculous. And I started going into these charity stores because I needed it. And then when I started to see the stigma around it, my son was embarrassed to sat in the other. I started to encourage him and tell him what the fast fashion world does to the environment. And now he's as proud as hell to tell anybody, this only cost me two euros, you know, and it, it did no damage to the environment. This, what has yeah, he done? The younger, definitely. I mean, my yeah. son as well is very into environmental. I mean, yeah. I think, didn't the kids have a big... March with the kids, but had a big march recently in yeah. the schools, you know, for environmental issues. So now, now is the time to get yeah, exactly. People, you know, it's time to actually do something while there's some momentum behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's fascinating to see that it's the primary school kids who've actually started this movement, and actually got the momentum behind it. Everybody's allowed to come up and say, you know what, I wasn't aware of what was going on. And I didn't know how it was impacting things. Mm. And, you know, I'm trying to become a better person. I'm trying to make more conscientious choices and become more conscious about how I live my life. In my shop, I do an awful lot of um, gowns and dresses. And I had people coming into me over the years and kind of looking at the price of it and walking off and or else buying it. And that was it gone. And Certain people said to me, do you ever rent dresses? And I never, ever thought of doing it. Yeah. And then I suddenly thought that it was a, a nice thing, not just for me, but for them as well, that people can rent a dress, wear it for the night, they bring it back, I get it cleaned again. And it, it brings that dress to life all the time and it gives more people a chance to maybe wear a couture dress, if you want to say, or a mm. once-off, made-to-measure, you know, dress. So you're allowing lots of other people to wear it a great thing to you know and it's what your shop does as well you know Mm. so in relation to renting dresses we have a lot of stores that do that now allow you to rent high-end dresses or suits for 
uh, a deposit and minimal price on actual renting it. Yeah. And it allows you to wear something you're going to feel happy in and you're going to love. But it also allows you to walk away from the dress once it's done. Save on the waist. So in relation to using stuff and when you choose to buy a good or use it, there are many ways to use the same product. And it's about choosing the right way for you and the right way for the environment. A lot of the dresses that are available to rent are also available to purchase. And I understand that some dresses are more important or memorable than others, like your wedding dress is usually one that people do want to keep yeah. and things like that. But what can you do with your wedding dress? And you were telling us about a story. <laughs> about my, my own wedding dress. Yeah, uh, yeah for, when I was getting married, we moved into a new house and um, I was sitting there and I looked up and they'd left the chandeliers And I kept looking at the chandeliers saying, God, they'd be lovely on my corset for my wedding. So bit by bit, I took a few of them down initially and my husband-to-be didn't notice. But one day he looked up and they were all gone. (laughs) I'd taken every single bit of the chandeliers and used them for my corset for my wedding. And you you could have gone to a bead shop and bought those crystal chandelier pieces and it would have cost you an absolute fortune it actually made it more special we just moved into a new house and I was getting married wearing part of the new house you know so exactly so you incorporated something that you felt was completely spoke to you and created a memory around it and it's going to be something that nobody else will ever be able to replace and it's a talking point you know my husband says yeah we moved in and there's no lights left because she (laughs) took them all and put them on her dress you know so and you created in something that other people could see utilize and appreciate and it's important to do that with everything that we do it's like taking things like the college books at home i have about 50 of them now Yeah. And I'm only in year three. (laughs) So I'm kind of starting to think in my head, what books do I actually need now? And what ones can I actually pass on to people who may need it? And I've donated some to the college library, to the county library. And that gives it a whole new lease of life. Mm. And other people will be able to use the book that I needed to buy because it wasn't available. Mm-hmm. I have a nice plain boring cream corner couch and I'm just kind of brightening up the place and I paint everything myself in the house mm-hmm. but I was like I want a new couch can't afford a new couch there is no extra need for mm-hmm. a new couch it is just me wanting to uplift my life so I don't know about you but I'm always losing the other pillowcase mm-hmm. you know they're like socks to me mm-hmm. I'm always losing them so I've started to rip up all of my old pillowcases and I'm using that fabric now and stitching it on and I've nearly there I've nearly got a whole new couch out of all random old pillowcases I keep going into other people's home I'm like you guys got any random pillowcases (laughs) (laughs) exactly it's about utilizing what you've got to create new items and it's the same thing with um, fast fashion isn't just in relation to fashion itself but it's the actions behind it yeah I know people who are happy to renovate their houses and change their whole kitchen overnight every five years and it's great for you to get a bargain online you Mm -hmm. can buy a whole kitchen for a thousand euros that's brand new but for the creating of consumerism and products that you don't need it's heartbreaking to see because half of them go unsold and end up in a skip and it's about either developing a way that people can actually buy these products or just teaching people how to, you know, upcycle yeah. and brighten things up. And not be ashamed of it. I think that's yeah. the biggest problem proud with of people. It. that It's to get away from the stigma of it. 
it's taken you know. me about two weeks because as well between work and getting back to college and my son I only have like a few hours in the mm-hmm. evening and you know just spending each one hour in the evening just doing one pillow has just satisfied me so much but look what you've created like yeah. if people spent one hour an evening yeah looking at their old clothes and changing things like that even while they're sitting watching television look you've just created a new yeah. sofa But it's important to talk about what we can actually do to change the way sustainability and fast fashion is looked at. Of course, one of the best ways is to buy goods secondhand whenever possible. Another way is to actually just set up a swap group with your friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like we all have phones. Set up a WhatsApp group between you and a couple of mates that are the same size. How many times have somebody put on weight or something or lost weight and what they had doesn't yeah. fit them anymore. I mean, my friend often gives me stuff and vice versa. Yeah. Because you do, you change weight over the years and, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Changes. And you'll often find that you have clothes that may not fit the person you're swapping with, but might fit their sibling, your parents or somebody they know. And it allows you to revamp your wardrobe for free, but also give that clothing item that you don't want anymore a new lease of life. Yeah. And it's completely free, you know. There's a lot of things we can do. And some of the shops up here in Dublin have started promoting moments like that. Yeah. And I also know some stores, some employers have actually done it too, where they actually set up staff groups on applications that they use that allows them to swap clothing. And they you post the picture of the clothing and yeah. somebody will request it and you drop it into the office. Yeah. And it allows you to give that to somebody That's who amazing. you may not actually communicate with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and then you see it on them and it looks brilliant. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, yes, that's you know? it. Exactly. And it's about getting joy from that moment going, yeah, that mm-hmm. looks amazing on them. And it didn't suit me anymore. But now it's off to new home. Yeah. And you're also about- making connections as well. You know, you're meeting new people through these kind of things. Creating yeah. moments for yeah. yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, recently we had um, online big debates about what sustainable fashion is. So customers have to become more aware and ask more questions. Yeah. Ask about where that clothing item is coming from. You know, where did it actually become what you're wearing? Mm. Was it, you know, in Ireland? And where did the the traceability of it? Yeah, yeah. I think influencers have a huge responsibility on them, especially in this day and age. There are a few online you know um tara stewart is huge for promoting sustainability yeah. and upcycling and things like that but um but there is a lot out there that still don't that are still marketing with you know brands that are fast fashion who are paying them, them to, yeah you know. yeah and i think they have a responsibility to the customers and themselves to do a bit of research you know for a short while in 2016 i was blogging and I had to stop primarily because I found out that the only way to succeed in Ireland as a blogger is to promote fast fashion mm. and to promote single-use items. And nobody wants, or at the time, nobody wanted to be environmentally friendly mm. or to talk about those kind of things. And we have grown since then. A lot of change and a lot yeah. of conversations have happened and we are still going that way. But we're still set to increase by 25% our sales in clothing items and shoes by 2030. Yeah, I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. And especially like that magazines, influencers, they're selling themselves, but also 
they're six foot tall, size six to eight models. Everything is going to, if it's something looks great in a picture and it costs and it's affordable, mm. people are going to buy it straight away. And it's airbrushed. Yeah, half of it's the time, airbrushed. You know? It's not realistic, mm. you know, um, and people don't see that until probably when they get it and then they throw it away a few weeks later and then that's that. The good thing about a charity shop or a thrift store or a vintage store is because you're going in there physically. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not convenient and we love convenience in today's world. Yeah. We do. But it's not convenient to go in and try on clothes, but you get to try it on, which is something you don't get online no. at all. Mm-hmm. And if, you know what? If you've got an hour or two to spare at the weekend, get a couple of mates and go thrift store yeah. together and shop together, try it on and Treat it like if you're going to Brown yeah. Thomas. Yeah, yeah. It should be no different. You can yeah. spend a whole day going mm. up and down Cable Street. <laughs> Between yeah. that, grab some food, grab some drinks. It's a day out. Exactly. So, and also, if you want something special and you want to spend a little bit of money, go to an Irish-run yeah. shop where, you know, the designer, I mean, I'm always there, that can spend yeah. time with you and work out what you want and create something special just for you. And then maybe it's worth spending that little bit more because you know where it's come from. Yeah. And it's, it's yours exactly. and designed for you. And especially if you can get it made for you, you say, oh, well, I like this. I like feathers. I like this on it. I like that on it. You can make something especially so for them. The two options there that yeah. are easily accessible. Yeah. You know, so the important thing to take away from this is that there's a lot of things you can do as individuals, a lot of really easy things. Choosing where you buy your clothes from is really important if yeah. you're going to buy a new piece. Find out what the company actually does, what their ethos is, and what their corporate social responsibility actually is at the end of the day. And if you want a one-of-a-kind piece, find out what the designer is actually going to use. Are they going to use something that's sustainable, or is it going to be something that's going to cost you airtime and is going to be imported? All of these things make a huge difference to the world we live in. Mm -hmm. And then if you feel comfortable, go to a charity store. Yeah. Try to shop secondhand. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that by yourself, try to get a friend. You probably know somebody who already does it. Thankfully, it's becoming more and more normal every day. Yeah, It's setting up things like a group that allows you to swap your clothing with or even just talking to your mates and going, we should have a conversation about this. Yeah, You may not change anything overnight, but that is a start. Mm-hmm. And creating those mm-hmm. conversations is a way forward and it allows you to have the space you need to change the world one clothing item at a time. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. This podcast was brought to you by spunout.ie, Ireland's youth information website, in partnership with the National Youth Council of Ireland and Youth 2030, the National Youth Development Education Programme. If you want to learn more about the Sustainable Development Goals, visit spunout.ie forward slash SDG or developmenteducation at youth.ie. To get involved and to have your voice heard on the issues that matter to you, visit spunout.ie forward slash volunteer. Spunout.ie. By young people, for young people.